0: I'm Chad Storland and welcome to the Marmot's Hole podcast brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net An online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula Of course each episode I'm joined by the man Robert Kohler A magazine editor here in Seoul who for years operated the Marmot's Hole blog on RJKohler.com Today, we'll start with an old topic that has come up once again as Korean businesses are saying no to foreign customers. Then we'll discuss recent trends in smartphone technology that is obviously very important to some very influential South Korean companies. And we'll finish with a topic that uh, is similar to what we talked about last week, ongoing problems between North and South Korea. But first off, Rob, how you been? Uh, We didn't go to an island this week like we did last time.
1: No, it was a pretty uh, relaxing weekend. Uh, Did a whole lot of nothing.
0: That's so that's so great for the podcast. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no. I had a nice uh last week too, you know, stayed busy, but uh you know, nothing much to report. So all right, well let's just move straight into the topics then because uh there has been a lot going on uh on the Korean Peninsula. Um we'll go through a serious topic, then go to something that's uh you know a little bit more lighthearted, and then we'll finish with a very serious topic, uh, as Ongoing troubles between the two Koreas
1: And we're a serious podcast
0: And we're a very serious podcast I I always click when I upload I always say explicit content Because one of us says shit or F or something like that Yes. First off here, the Korea Herald recently published a story titled Korean Only Bars Trigger Controversy. But, Rob, I think you'll agree if you're a foreigner in South Korea and if you know how to read, um, this really isn't news. Right. It's not actually much of a controversy either because the Korean media really doesn't talk about it that much. And it's actually quite legal to discriminate against your customers in South Korea. Um, I've had people argue with me that, you know, South Korea has signed on to international agreements, and no, it's not legal. But according to Korean law, at least, it is legal to choose who you want to do business with. Right. And this week, the topic has reemerged from the last time that it was an issue, which, if memory serves, may have been when a place called JR Pub in Taiwan put up a sign that basically said no Africans. And that uh, was back during the Ebola crisis that was going on at the time. And, you know, they received a lot of bad press, as they should have. But I remember specifically at that time, once again, you know, it came up. It was illegal. It came up. It was perfectly legal what they did. So now the Korea Herald story. That's making the rounds is about a Hongdae bar. So the other kind of you know place that foreigners go, Itaewon and Hongdae, the top two, I would say. Um, a bar named Green Light had a sign that said, "quote Only Koreans are allowed because our employees are not able to communicate in English. It's not racist. Sorry." Please be generous about it, and I got to say, tip of the cap! What a what a nice sign to write up. However, when a 24 year old American who spoke to staff members in Korean asked, you know, Korean language, asked if she could get in, she was told she still wasn't allowed. One of one of the bouncers guarding the door told the Korea Herald that it was not um, their intention to discriminate against foreigners, but rather their business policy to attract. Korean-only customers. Um, And who knows whether or not that's true. I I could see it it both ways. Not saying one's better than the other, but, you know, there's some different uh, reasoning you could have behind putting up such a sign. So, Rob, we're talking about this. As I mentioned, not entirely new. This has happened before, and it will still happen again. Um, But I'm kind of... On both sides of this topic, or both sides of this issue, I think it's really bad business practice, and um, while I'm not personally, you know, offended to the point that I'm going to go march, you know, for foreigners' rights on this specific issue, you know, I would like to see that I could go anywhere that I wanted to, but at the same time... As an American, I do support business rights perhaps more than someone would in a different country. That's something I grew up with, and people around me when I was young were talking about the rights of a business owner, and I think to a certain extent, business owners should be able to choose who they do business with. Now, I'm going to be a little weak here and not say where that line should be drawn, but I think that there is a line that can be drawn.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a complicated subject because, um, like you, um, maybe even more so than you, because I tend to uh, lean libertarian on a lot of uh, economic issues and social issues, Um, I think businesses should be allowed, private businesses should be allowed to... Yeah,
0: private businesses, so not the government.
1: Exactly. The government, that's a very different story. But private businesses, I mean, should be allowed to, you you know, should be allowed to serve or not serve whoever they like. Um, based on whatever criteria they put forth, um, you know. So, do I? You, you, with bars, you know, with is turning away people because of race, um, you know, it, it, there's there's two different issues here. One is, do I think it should be legal? I think it should be legal. Do I think it's you know, do I think it's a good thing that they're doing that? No, I think they're assholes, right? And, and
0: yeah, you should <laughs> you should call them out on that, and they should be called out. But but right. but maybe, as you made the case, maybe they should be allowed to do it. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but I, I think that you can make both points and still make sense.
1: Well, yeah, I don't think being an asshole should be illegal, right? Um, you know, it's but yeah, they should be called out for it. Um, You know, nowadays in the United States, um, with with the okay, we're dealing with race. The US is a bit of a unique case because we have that history of slavery, we have the history of Jim Crow, Uh, we have a history of state enforced segregation. So, um, while all things being equal, I think, you know, for example, if you're, uh, you know, if you have a a restaurant or cafe and you don't like black people for whatever reason, you know, in theory, you should be allowed to say, I don't want black people to come into my private business. In practice, however, because, you know, in practice, not all things are equal. And the United States has that heritage. It has that kind of original sin, if you will. So in the U.S., I get why laws, you know, for example, you know, why uh, laws banning, uh, private businesses from engaging in racial discrimination. I get, you know, I understand why they're necessary and why they exist. Um, Korea, though, isn't the United States that has a very different history with this sort of thing, I, or and really anywhere in the West. Now, um, you know, if you were to hold, if you were to, if a business were to engage in those sort of practices. Um, you wouldn't really even need laws to deal with it because as soon as it became publicly known that the businesses were engaging in these practices, you know, everybody, you know, social media, the the news media, everybody would be up in arms, you know, calling these people out. The problem in the Korean case, and I know one journalist in particular likes to point this out. Oh,
0: yeah. Is that, <laughs> I
1: know that. Is, is, is <laughs> that Yeah. Um, is that these businesses can engage in these types of you know, basically, you know, can, businesses can engage in blatantly racist business practices and nobody will call them out on it. You know, nobody nobody seems to find it, you know, terribly important or terribly offensive. Um, and, yeah, that's a little bit disconcerting. I mean, things are changing and I imagine, you know, over time – You know those types of you know people who engage in those sort of things will be uh, you know will face greater and greater social ostracization, ostracization, but. That certainly isn't the case yet.
0: Yeah, I remember specifically, um, and once again, this is just what I remember. So if I get anything slightly incorrect, I apologize. But um, sure. I do remember that with the JR Pub situation, I believe the very next day or something like that, someone went there to report on like what the fallout was going to be. And apparently the, the, the restaurant or the pub, whatever, you, how you want to describe it, apparently it had a decent amount of people there, but they're all Korean. Like there, there was no boycott. I mean, it it was, it was open for business.
1: No, there is no, there is no fallout for this, you know, for that sort of behavior. Now, granted, you know, I think Korea's foreign born population is like 3%. So, you know, um, there might not be that many, you know, there might not be that many foreigners to actually, you know, with it, if foreigners started boycotting your businesses with, you know, with, With the exception of certain districts.
0: Costco would be shut down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. With the the exception of certain businesses in certain districts, it's probably not going to affect your bottom line much. So, you know, there's that. Um, But uh, if you read some some of the Korean responses, particularly in Korean language, one of the things that you will hear is that, um, you know, not just that it's not racist, but really it's the foreigner's fault because the foreigners misbehave. Obviously, uh, U.S. military personnel come under, uh, are frequently cited that, you know, uh, well, you know, maybe it's not good, but we understand because the foreigners constantly misbehave and it hurts business. So the business owners don't have a choice. They need to, you know, they need to do something. Um, One person I read on Facebook actually said something, even took it a step further and said, yeah, the the soldiers constantly misbehave, and because you know they, we can't punish them under Korean law, um, you know the business owners need to do something, and you know this is kind of the unavoidable uh, response to it, um, and, which I find to be complete and utter bullshit on several levels. But um,
0: that's what's being said, so. Um, Hongdae specifically, I think sometime within the last year, year and a half, a soldier actually died after getting into a fight with, I believe, another soldier outside of a hip-hop club, and then the next morning had passed away because they were trying to you know, not get in trouble, so they went to a hotel, and then the, the injuries, you know, were just too much, and the person ended up dying. Horrible situation. Um, right. The interesting thing is that Hongdae is not the military hangout place. That's more Itaewon, and I've, right. within the last year or so, I've gone to an area outside of Seoul that was basically like camp town, like all the businesses cater to soldiers outside of the base, and we're, right. There's an area that is nothing but American soldiers. You will find no establishments that will say no foreigners because they want oh, the money. So you're only seeing right. these no foreigner signs in places that are not right next to a base. At least that's that, that's how I see it.
1: Right. Um, the, the other thing, too, is, I mean, look, um, back when I was blogging, I mean, I had a whole section that was dedicated to stupid foreigner tricks. And, um, you know, any time a foreigner screwed up, I you know, generally blogged
0: about it. I'm glad and you it, could do it, that for us. Fraba. Yeah, self-hate.
1: GIs in particular, were, you know, um, you know, made frequent appearances in that section. But you know, statistically speaking, foreigners commit relatively few crimes in Korea. Um, even GIs have a relatively low crime rate, especially compared to the local population. So, you know, while I get that, you know, occasionally GIs or Corners in general, or or you know, you know, GIs might get into a ruckus in some way, you know, in in home day or in Taiwan or whatnot, um, and uh, you know, it, it doesn't look good, you know, especially considering some of the uh, the emotional baggage attached to, for example, the U.S. military presence here.
0: Um, Statistically, you know, it's, it's just kind of a couple bad apples, is what you're saying.
1: It, basically, yeah, and. You know, to take that and then you know put on a blanket ban on you know anybody who doesn't look Korean would seem to suggest that there's there are other issues here at work, right? You know, the issue is not I don't like GIs getting into fights in my club. The issue is I don't like foreigners. Right, and that's what really what I wish they would just say is just come out and say, look, we don't like foreigners. Yeah, I gotta say, if, if that sign foreigners make us foreigners foreigners make us feel uncomfortable. And as long as you say that and just come out and say it, I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't um, say that I was
0: okay with it, but at least I would you know, tip of the cap. Like this this sign said only Korean – and I got this from the Korea Herald sign, so I hope this is accurate. This is what they're reporting. The sign had a picture. Only Koreans are allowed because our employees are not able to communicate in English. It's not racist. Sorry. Please be generous about it. If that right. sign had said only Koreans are allowed because we don't want foreigners in our establishment – Please be generous about it. At least that would have been like you know okay that that's what they want. But it's not racist. Sorry, I mean that just is kicking someone when they're down.
1: Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's just it's insulting our intelligence is what it's doing. I just you was know, like okay. Um, now, having said all of this, um, when I posted on Facebook about this, I did point that I did say, look, you know. I don't think it's a huge deal, or I don't think it's a big deal that you know, you know, you know a particular club doesn't want you know, people who look like me. Um, well, no club should want a person <laughs> who looks like me in their club, but you know, a person of my particular ethnic background <laughs> in their club. I don't think that's a huge deal. I'll just go somewhere where I'm more welcome. Um, but um, one of the commenters on on that post. Um, point. He, he called me out on that. He made a very good point in that it's a little bit. It, the, the The issue here is a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more broader than just getting. It's a lot. It's It's a lot bigger than not being allowed into a particular club or a particular bar. Um, you know, for example, in Korea and Japan. You know, Japan in particular. You know, gets called out on this a lot. You know, a lot of Housing, uh, you know, in Japan, it's not uncommon for you know, uh, building owners to not rent uh, apartments uh, to foreigners. Um, the particular commenter um, was involved in a particular case in Japan that apparently made it all the way up to the Jap- Japanese Supreme Court, where a bank refused to give him a mortgage loan, or refused to give him a mortgage. Solely because he's a foreigner and um, you know, I can remember when it was next to impossible here, when it was next to impossible for foreigners to get credit cards or next to impossible for foreigners to rent cell phones, you know, that wasn't that long ago, you know, and uh, you know, that's a lot more problematic, you know, that's a lot more, you know, that, that really degrades your quality of life, much more so than not being allowed into a, uh, um, a bar or a club. So, Yeah, you know, Hongdae, you know, some some club in Hongdae posting a sign saying, you know, um, sorry, we're not letting, you know, the melanin deficient into the club, you know, please, you know, please understand, you know, that's a relatively minor issue. There are a lot bigger issues involving discrimination uh, that need to be dealt with.
0: Excellent point to uh, end that topic on Uh, Yeah, as you mentioned, it could be something small and you decide to go somewhere. But it does speak perhaps to the larger issue of something that is definitely a problem here in Korea getting better. As you mentioned, it wasn't so long ago that some of these things weren't an option and that's changing. But, you know, as someone who lives here yourself as well, we know that there are still some things that are hard to do as foreigners. Uh, and, and once right. again, that that's true in many different countries, not saying that that's only true here in Korea. You just mentioned Japan and you know, I've lived in Germany and Colombia and there are some things there that are a little different as well. So uh, we'll come back to this, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be another time that something will happen. There'll be another flare up in this topic and uh, we'll have it on the program. But uh, moving on here. So the Korea Jungon Daily just came out with a piece talking about smartphones. Um, you know, in the past it was basically just the bigger screen, lighter weight, better resolution that was making all the difference. But now um, we're starting to see that. These kind of bargain smartphones are starting to compete with the premium phones that you're seeing from Samsung, LG, or even from Apple, the iPhone. But one thing that we're also starting to see is how smartphones are being connected to the increasing virtual reality market. And this is something that is on a lot of people's minds right now because currently the Mobile World Congress is underway in Barcelona, Spain. Um, And there are some photos that are coming out with some reports and also... I believe Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, um, is there right now at the Mobile World Congress in Spain, and um, Facebook is trying to get involved with this as well.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Not only was Zuckerberg not only was Zuckerberg in Spain um, when Samsung was unveiling its new uh, virtual reality uh, device. You know, all the you know the audience was plugged into their 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 rows and rows yeah, of people. The- Rows and rows of people plugged into you know, their devices, and when they when they're when they finally you know at the end of their the show when they took the devices off, there's Mark
0: Zuckerberg. Oh, so know, that's they how it didn't, he, out. They didn't know he was going to show up. Nice. Well, I
1: mean Samsung, I imagine, but <laughs>
0: someone let him in. They knew it was going to happen.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean uh, you know look, I, I'm a huge cyberpunk fan, so you know it, I, I have to say I'm a little bit excited to see that 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 dystopian future that you know i you know for a long time we thought would never come that it, yeah it might it might turn it might come true now um i mean you saw the picture right with uh zuckerberg walking past all the folk with the uh with the uh, with the glasses yeah, on i
0: mean he just walks by rows and rows of people who look like i don't how <laughs> about this yeah he's just standing there and there, I mean it almost looks like a movie theater. There's just rows and rows of chairs, and then it's that thing now where rather than a separate piece it's just a headset, and then you put the phone inside of it right um yeah it's um I've actually used it but here in Seoul you went to like a demonstration
1: um actually the uh van Gogh uh exhibit in at uh with the old Seoul station now it's like it's still going on um part of the exhibit there is um, is uh, a virtual. You use the the headset to um, experience uh, what was it? One of the, uh, the, the it's one of the cafes that Van Gogh uh, painted. But anyway, you could walk actually around the the painting and everything. It's really it was actually kind of cool. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's still I think very much in its infancy. I was reading uh, some of the reviews on it um the samsung ones seem to be getting decent reviews um lg i kind of feel bad for them i because i'm kind of partial to lg myself especially compared to samsung um but uh, i moto their their review uh w- their headline was uh lg 360 vr is one of the shittiest virtual reality headsets i've ever tried so that's not a
0: <laughs> they're, they're telling <laughs> it like it is
1: that's not a ringing endorsement, but I'm I'm hoping that LG, you know, is able to, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll hopefully they'll they'll get better at this. Like I said, it's still very much in their infancy, in the infancy. Um, but yeah, there is a and the picture looks sinister. Um, Samsung just released its uh, its first uh, 360 camera, right? And it looks exactly like an eyeball. It actually kind of looks like Hal from uh, from. Uh, from from two you know, from uh uh two thousand one, right?
0: So Which by the way, they have um okay. they have a Kubrick um exhibition, I believe, still here in the city where you can see memorabilia and you know parts of films, uh or the some set pieces from the films here in Seoul.
1: Went to that one too. That's uh definitely
0: recommended. And they, they had they had something from Hal there, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. Um I mean they had a lot of stuff from uh
1: from 2001 i mean that was kind of uh the, the highlight of the exhibit um yeah it was actually kind of cool they showed how they, they photographed the uh that you know how they 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 how they shot the that the first scene the, the, with the prehistoric man you know where they the backdrops of the actors were very separate but you know they were able to yeah anyway um that's another another, another story but yeah uh if you you know, listeners out there, if you get a chance to go to the Kubrick exhibit, very good. Uh, the Van uh, Gogh exhibit, also worth going or to. Or as
0: you said, you can go to the old Soul Station, which is just next to the new Soul Station, where you can check out the, the VR uh, display. Right.
1: That's the Van Gogh uh, exhibit is the old Soul Station. That's an art exhibit, now, art art museum now.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, it's right. unfortunate, as we've talked about before on the program, it's kind of become this stereotypical homeless hangout. And there are quite a lot of homeless people there. Um, I, I know people when they do charity work, they'll go there because that's that's where they all congregate. Um, right. And there's even I think they have like some church services there with loudspeakers. Right. It's, It's not the most easygoing place, but if you go just a little bit past that, you have this beautiful old building.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a wonderful place. Um, Actually, at night, um, starting in the early evening, uh, the building across the street from it, the old Daewoo headquarters, that big orange building, you know, has a video facade and, uh, you know, um, they play, you know, video art and, uh, media, you know, various media art facades. Um, and during the, uh, you know, while the Van Gogh exhibit's going on, they've been doing these huge, you know, uh, media art, uh, presentations, uh, you know, showing Van Gogh and, you know, different, different Van Gogh works, um, which is amazing when you look at it. Cause that's a very, very big building and the entire facade is covered by it. Um, especially at night, it it definitely has a very, you know, almost uh, you know kind of William Gibson esque. You know vibe to it. It's uh, it's worth you know, it's worth seeing. And
0: that's just every night. Wow, that's really nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they
1: do it with, uh, they think get you know, like four times an you know, four times a day, every hour. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I, I, I have
0: pictures of it on my uh, on my photo. You blog, pictures of that is. on your photo blog? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. still remembering last podcast episode when you told me how you fell down the side of a mountain and had to get 119 to, to like <laughs> to, to safety.
1: Yeah, those shots. The the, uh, the, uh, the city hall shots were a lot easier. There's a uh, parking lot on the top of the uh, shopping mall. That's right next to the old
0: station. And there's so. also a Yonsei kinda, Hospital uh, right there. So if you fall, it's just right across the street. Exactly. Uh,
1: yes. Anyway, yes. Back to the uh, the 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 VR. So yeah, it is kind of interesting. That seems to be where um, it, it's definitely where Samsung's going, and Facebook seems like it's going to want to go in that direction. Uh, where they're going to start trying to integrate, you know, virtual reality into social media. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely it's opening up new possibilities. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go uh, with this. You know, whether you you know, create a what is it, Second Life? You know, kind of like you know, Second Life on on, on steroids, where you're really building, you know, virtual worlds where you really can lose yourself in, um, which is either you know really really cool or uh a really really frightening really really creepy
0: yeah one of the two right
1: like i said you know um cyberpunk fan so you know uh, i'm okay either way <laughs>
0: Um, finally, um, something that, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about this last time as well, but it's, you know, just an ongoing thing. Um, lots of stuff going on with South Korea, North Korea, the United States. Um, you know, this also obviously concerns China and Japan. I'll go through a short list and then kind of let you expand, um, So first off, South Korea is now questioning North Korea's UN membership. Um, South Korea is now questioning a lot of things about North Korea, that being one of them. Um, Secondly, President Park Geun-hye has called on the nation to remain on high alert after North Korea's possible terrorist attacks were announced. And South uh, South Korean police have also strengthened security for one specific North Korean defector who serves as a high-ranking official at a South Korean state-run think tank after the North ordered his assassination. Allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Yes.
0: Now, in addition to this, South Korea and the U.S., we were talking about THAAD last week. They have, you know, quote unquote, abruptly delayed a signing of an agreement to set up a joint working group that would discuss the deployment of THAAD in South Korea just right before it was to be signed. And uh, this last one put it at the end of the list for a reason. North Korea apparently has called South Korean President Park Geun-hye a, quote, crazy old bitch. Among other things, um, Among I mean that was from things. a state-run newspaper, so this wasn't just like a comment. This this was from a
1: yeah no that was it was a full page it was a full page uh, uh, what is it I think it was a full page uh, article the Nodong Shinmun yeah they uh, they really unleashed um, like and look you know what did I say during the last podcast North Korea was going to lose its shit.
0: Oh, Over. That's right because because that because the South Korean government said that the they warned they warned of the collapse of North Korean's uh, regime.
1: Right. You know, they've also said a couple of other things. I mean, they've uh, apparently Park has been mentioning him by name without mentioning his title. You know, um, which is
0: oh, that's that's especially in Korean like culture. That, yeah. um,
1: made some uh, accurate but unkind. Um, uh, uh, comments about the nature of his regime and uh, yeah North Korea responded pretty much like you know you knew North Korea would um, look nobody does invective like North Korea I mean they really I think they really take pride I always wonder who like who it is that writes you know that, who writes their stuff because it, it really is entertaining at times
0: wouldn't that be an entertaining documentary or, like, write-up to read if, if North Korea's regime did collapse and it was sort of a East-West Germany situation where you could freely travel to the other side very quickly and people were going in and they found out the mastermind behind that?
1: Well, at least with East Germany, you knew who their, their chief spy was, right? It was Marcus Wolf, right, who was, you know, head of uh, – what do they call it? The East German Clandestine Services, but um, – yeah i mean well i'm just curious like who's you know who who does the writing you know i mean i'm sure it's not some spook it's just you know some some hack and you know whatever propaganda ministry they have up there but i'm just curious as you know who how they come up with it like, they have brainstorming sessions right <laughs> man <laughs> i mean yeah they all you know get in the in the in the uh, meeting room in the morning and figure okay how are we going to describe pocket a today
0: um once again, after you you said on a previous podcast, after Kim Jong-un reads something like the New York Times on his iPad.
1: Right. Like, you know, like, look, I mean, they got in the Daily Mail. I mean, you know, I mean, they must be real proud. Um, I should also say, um, did you see the pictures in the Daily Mail report? So, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un uh, looking over a military exercise and he's surrounded by... Um, you know lots of folk in military uniforms and you know, i like north korea's winter dress and you know they got the i mean those russian fur hats but uh you know kim jong-un's wearing the fedora right he's wearing he's dressed with the black you know the black coat and the fedora and i gotta say uh, you know um you know uh hats off to any man who uh you know
0: you know who wears a fedora <laughs> you don't agree with his politics, but tip of the cap.
1: No, he's a murderous dictator. But man, he—you know—look, you know. Well, as he, we mentioned before,
0: with with the, with he, the Germany, he looks, I mean, like he, they, looks
1: like he looks good. You know, look. You
0: yeah, know? <laughs> the Nazi, the Third Reich, was a horrible, horrible group of people. But yeah, they they had some nice technology and they had some good designers.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, the Hugo Boss, right? to design the uh, SS uniforms, right?
0: Uh, so as I mentioned, you know, we we got talking about this this final point because it's you know it's, it's a little comical um, the what north korea just recently said about the president but you know there's just so much going on right now so yeah, and a lot what, of it's
1: not comical at all like, yeah no uh, not
0: at all so what what do you want to yeah, start Yeah like
1: with? Uh, i mean well the big article, the big thing today was the chinese ambassador held a meeting uh with uh, uh members uh it was i think uh the, with the opposition party here and uh where he basically, let's see, I'm actually looking at the article here. Where he he warned that um, ties between Korea and China could be uh, destroyed um, because of the THAAD deployment. You know, not, you know, China is definitely. I mean, we've, we've discussed this before. China's definitely not happy about y- y- the United States possibly setting up, uh, you know, deploying that to, to South Korea. Um, but yeah, for the ambassador to go out and, and basically, you know, threaten uh, his host country with uh, a. Uh, with 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 a setback in ties because of uh, because of this is uh, that's a unusual um, some you know especially here would call it very very rude um, people are not happy about it um, actually uh, with an official just to, for a quote here an, an official at the the Korean Foreign Ministry. Um, who has to remain anonymous, uh, told, I guess, the Korea Herald, as an ambassador representing his homeland, speaking of a destruction of bilateral relations is extremely undi- undiplomatic and a grave problem, even if we've explained many times that the system is intended to counter uh, North Korea's threats. I'm not sure if they're being completely honest about that last part, but I'm pretty sure that the first part is how they feel. And then the defense ministry, um, they, you know, an official there said, if China and, and again i fully agree with them on this uh, if china truly wanted to keep that at bay it should have pressed the north harder to stop developing nuclear weapons and missiles without them the battery would not have been considered an option in the first place which you know look i i said that last week right so yeah I, it's not, I, i'm not surprised that the, the that the defense ministry is you know basically telling the chinese to go sit and spin but you know even the foreign ministry is getting into the act so um You know the Chinese could say what they want, but you know we'll see how it goes. Um, Apparently, though, the uh, that meeting in terms of the uh, the agreement getting postponed, and I don't think it's going to amount to much. I could be wrong, but um, it also came after talks uh, between the the Chinese and I think John Kerry. So I think uh, I I, I think the some might be thinking that the United States and China might be talking. and uh, trying to hammer out a way that, you know, maybe China leans on the North more in return for the United States, backing off on THAAD. We'll see how if that goes down. Um, one of the interesting things actually the Chinese ambassador said is, you know, if it, you know, if it hadn't been for THAAD, uh, you know, there, we would have passed a, a resolution um, in the, uh, we would have passed a resolution at the UN by now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. A resolution
0: but, on North Korea? The, the Chinese yeah. are saying, had it not been for Thad, they would have passed a resolution. Isn't that a bit of a stretch?
1: Um. Well, I well, there's two things. A, it might have been, it might be a stretch. But even if it's not a stretch, you, you know, look, they can pass some, you know, as many resolutions as they like. If China's not really gonna, you know, you know, stick it to the North Koreans, and you know, if China's not, if, if China's not prepared to really lean on the North Koreans uh then you know the u n can pass as many resolutions alike; like it won't make a difference
0: so one thing I want to ask you last week you were very behind the idea of closing down gaysong uh, industrial complex and you weren't really happy that it had ever you know, come to fruition in the first place. Um, So are you worried about South Korea losing, you know, its good relations or suffering worse relations with China than it has now? If that means that it could work with the U.S. more and Japan more to try to counter what's going on with North Korea, is that a worthy trade-off? I mean, I know China is the biggest trading partner of South Korea.
1: Well, look, I mean, relations between states are complicated, um, you know, so in terms of security, uh, Korea and China have, you know, there are, part, there are areas of cooperation and then there are areas of conflict. Um, with economics, obviously, yeah, China is a very, very uh, important trading partner of South Korea. But then again, China is a very important trading partner of the United States, right? And it hasn't stopped. China and the United States from you know, uh, uh, you know, coming to, to loggerheads over you know, a, a, a wide range of you know, issues from the South China Sea to Taiwan to you know, Africa policy or you know, whatnot. So you know, I'm pretty sure that it, and look, it's, it's in nobody's interest. It's not in South Korea's interest, it's not in China's interest. For everything to go to shit and this everybody to stop talking with one another and stop trading with one another, that's not going to happen, right? But uh, yeah, I definitely see um, relations cooling a bit, um, you know, especially now, because I think there is a lot of disappointment in Seoul where, look, you know, Seoul invested very, very heavily in its relationship with China early on in the Pakané administration. So much so that it started to worry Washington. Right? Yeah, I um, remember. Yeah. I remember those reports. Yeah, for example, Pocinay went to Beijing to you know celebrate. You know when when Beijing held those big celebrations to you know mark their victory in World War II.
0: Well, but 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 that wasn't an immediate yes. That was there was some time over that
1: decision. But she showed up. She did go, and she was. Yeah, you know, I mean, did you? I I still remember. This picture where, uh, you know, in Chang'e Day, I I posted on their Twitter account, and I was like, Man, I was like, somebody needed you think think before you hit enter. It was was a picture of Pakane and you know, uh, you know, Xi Jinping, and then, um, what they call it, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin was there, the various dictators that run, you know, uh, you know, Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, and uh, the Belarusian president, uh, what's-his-face, uh, uh, Lukashenko was there. Um, you know, it was just a picture of, um, you know, basically Pakane and a whole lot of people that are not going to be on Amnesty International's Christmas card list.
0: Right? I and mean, pa- <laughs> being the daughter of the former Korean dictator, which comes up from time to time. Right.
1: Um, well, actually, it's funny, because Lukashenko was there with his son, right? And... <laughs> And, um, yeah, basically that caption writes itself. Um, but, um, anyway, she showed up at this thing and, you know, Washington told her not to go. Well, yeah, you know, the, you know, the United States didn't show up pretty much. Nobody showed up to that except, you know, um, you know, except for pocket hay and a whole bunch of, you know, uh, people from the former Soviet union. Um, oh, also, uh, I think Venezuela, what's his face? Uh, the, the, the. Uh, the president of Venezuela was there too. So it's like, look, um, and the reason she did this is, I mean, she really was hoping that improved relations with China, um, you know, if the economic benefits aside, you know, I think she was hoping that eventually, you know, China would be able to uh, contribute more actively to, you know, keeping the North Koreans in line. And that hasn't worked out for them. It doesn't have them worked out for her. So I think there's a lot of people who are kind of like, Okay, that was a waste (laughs) and um, are, you know, you know, um, making adjustments in their foreign policy accordingly.
0: And so the other thing that I mentioned from this list that we haven't quite gotten to yet uh, would be uh, North Korea's UN membership and also uh, possible terrorist attacks taking place in South Korea um, from the north.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, the north, I mean. I, I'll give a good South credit. They're 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 giving as good as they're getting. Um, you know when you got when you got their entire UN uh, delegate. Well, I mean, know, yeah, when they got their UN ambassador and their uh, the 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 guy underneath him. You know, basically going out and saying North Korea shouldn't even be here. <laughs> right. You know, we're starting to question whether North Korea should even be a member of the UN. Now, I mean, that's you know, that's, that's stepping up the rhetorical, uh, you know, that's, that's really stepping up the rhetoric. And, um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure where they're going with this. I mean, as much as I'm amused to hear, you know, as much as I find vitriolic rhetoric amusing, uh, I'm not sure if it's helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of more of a fan of the, uh, speaks, you know, speaks awfully, but carry a big stick approach to, uh, foreign policy. So running off your mouth is one thing, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things work out in the case. You know, we'll see how. Um. You. you well, you, for lack of a better term, we'll see. You, we'll see how big everybody's balls are when.
0: Uh, <laughs> there it is. This, is. this is why I write these episodes are explicit, so people right, we'll are see warned. How
1: big, right when 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 the shit really hits the fan, then we'll see how big everybody's you know you know balls are. You know. You know. Right now, it's just talk. Um. And I really hope nothing does happen. But, yeah, I mean, for example, you know, you have warnings of possible assassinations or terrorist attacks. You know, let's face it, you know, North Korea has a a history of keeping things interesting, particularly in the West Sea. So, you know, don't be surprised if we, you know, we're. But
0: do you you see and obviously it's not like you have a bunch of. you know, paperwork on your desk from some sort of secret organization that would keep track of these things. But correct me if I'm wrong, at least within recent years, these attacks have been uh, military driven as opposed to some guy with bombs, you know, like jumping into a building or a subway and blowing something up. So when I think of terrorist attacks, I think of something like that as opposed to, you know, artillery fire hitting an island or sinking a battleship. So so do you think, you know, if you will, that type of terrorist attack is actually something that might actually necessitate a warning or is this just the same type of situation we've had before we had landmines going off we had
1: well i think they just i just just you know raising security about you know across the board um i mean you know back to terrorism yeah i mean north korea hasn't really done anything um that we commonly regard as terrorism for a while i mean they used to be big into that you know blowing up airliners and that sort of thing but um, or attempting to you know, blow up an entire presidential delegation, for example, like in Burma. but you know I don't think they've done that for a while, but you know who knows you know I mean you know desperate times and you know uh, you know North Korea does like to keep things interesting. Um, the other thing I think they're really, really worried about is also cyber attacks because North Korea has shown a propensity it appears North Korea has invested a lot in you know upgrading, yeah, their ability to engage in uh, offensive uh, cyber operations, and, and they've it, it appears that they've used it quite a uh, yeah they've used it a number of times against South Korea. And something I actually read today in the news. Um, actually, let me pull up the report. Um, uh, With a Deloitte Consulting, it's uh, the. Uh, the The cybersecurity uh, group and it's based in the states, but they have a, a, an East Asia branch. Um, they uh, evaluated uh, Korea, well, South Korea, as as being uh, uh, the in the Asia Pacific being the country with uh, uh, that's most at risk uh, of of being uh, subjected to a yeah most at risk from a cyber attack. I mean, it's not even close. Like. You know, uh, out of a thousand points, yeah, you know, thousand being the most exposed, and you know, zero being, you know, uh, locked up tight. You know, K- Korea got an eight eighty four, <laughs> right? Um, out of a thousand, which is, you know, basically a big war sign saying, please, you know, cyber attack me. Um, you know, uh, the next country after them was Australia at uh, five twenty six. I saw five eighty two. So I mean, it's not even close. Um, You know, I mean, it's not just, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, cybersecurity, but also, you know, the impact that an attack would have. And in particular with Korea, a lot of it's, uh, you know, um, what you would call uh, what is it, I- ICS, which is uh, um, industrial control systems, right? You know, you know, a lot of stuff in Korea is, you know, uh, is, is operated by computers, right? Everything from you know apartment buildings to nuclear power plants. So, you know, and the the impact an attack, you know, a successful and damaging attack on, on would have on Korea would be you know, it would be devastating. So um, I think they're really really concerned about that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, just like you know, most how do I say. Uh, yeah, I mean, this This is something that affects other countries, perhaps not as bad as you just mentioned with Korea having a very bad score, but you know, you, you have uh, dams, you have um, electricity grids, you have nuclear power. I mean, this is all tied into something.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, like I said, it could be devastating. So, um, you know, uh, again, you know, I mean, part of the reason why the, the Korean score is so high, is again, because of you know the the reliance on 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 computer technology that that korean society has but also i mean yeah there's a the north korea factor that it has an enemy that's clearly gunning for them so you know um korean uh, cyber you know cybersecurity practices aside you know i it is something that yeah really a, a matter of concern
0: well i think that's going to do it for today's episode rob we uh we might still have to talk about North Korea and all this next week. I, we usually are able to keep it pretty fresh from episode to episode. But after what's been going on um, with Thad and the, the rocket test and then before that, obviously, the nuke test. I mean, there's been some very interesting news coming out of this area.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, North Korea is the journalistic gift that you know, keeps on giving. So, look, you know, why should, why why should we be any different?
0: Uh, it's interesting. A friend of mine, um, who's very well known in the the journalism community here, at least in the the English side of things, um, he's going to be leaving Korea at least for uh, the next year or so. Um, yes. And <laughs> Australia, I believe. Yeah, Australia. It, yeah. If anyone's listening, they probably can know who we're talking about. But we'll <laughs> right. just go ahead and you know pretend like we're not talking about him, so we won't name him. Right. Um, But one of the things he told me is that one of the frustrations about being a journalist based in South Korea is that you're often not actually doing any reporting. You're just providing context for people who don't understand what's going on. So right. you're not breaking any news stories, you're just saying, okay, because I understand what's going on here, I'll now explain it to you, and I'll explain it to readers in a certain part of the world, and uh, I guess he got a little tired of that. So it is it is great for people who live here because they constantly have a source of something that they can sell, you know, as a journalist, but it's not like, you know, you, 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 you're you running around digging for stories a lot of the time, you're just kind of reporting things that are happening for people who need to understand them.
1: Exactly, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it, from what I understand, it can be a bit of a uh, um, uh, a bit of a, uh, a frustrating place to work. Um, you know, there's that issue. There are other issues as well, like you know,
0: can't go to clubs.
1: Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the obviously. other thing, right? Can't yeah. go to a club, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, because you know they're very you know clubs and bars here tend to be very
0: anti-journalist. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. No, it's no. all about I, journalists. I gotta yeah. tell <laughs> you, I was I was at the Foreign Press Center um, today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Foreign Press Center is really nice. Uh, have you have you been to the Foreign Press Center? Just real quick at the end of the show, free workspace, computers, free printing. Um, you can rent out like a room just to work by yourself or if you wanted to do an interview there. Great um, views. Yeah, great. it's it's right in, in the really nice area of town next to City Hall. Um, right. I'm taking a free Korean class. I went there uh, today for my first free Korean class, which is going to last, I, I can't remember, maybe like four or five months, two times a week. Um, you know, I studied for six months at a university two years ago when I first got here and I've gotten a little bit rusty since then. Um, right. yeah, just tip of the cap to the foreign press center. So it's, it's, you know, we, we kind of complain a lot on the show cause we're talking about interesting topics, which, you know, deserve to be complained about. But, uh, once again, a lot of benefits living here in South Korea. And of course, as a journalist, indeed, <laughs> indeed, that's where we leave it. Well,
1: that's, yeah, it's <laughs> economy a word.
0: Well with that resounding uh, amount of applause from you rob let's uh, let's call the night and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right great I'll talk to you next week